There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome in, guys. This is another Panther Ranch podcast. I'm Vlad Harris here. Happy Friday to you guys. Temperature right now here is about 72 degrees. It's going to be close to 80 today. Which, you know, I'm not going to complain about that at all. Today is the last day here as the kids are on spring break all next week. Which, um, I don't mind. I mean, for me, I ain't got to pack lunches. I ain't got to make sure kids are dressed. I ain't going to drop kids off. That's why I cherish the most about these uh, these school breaks. I ain't got to do any of that crap. And plus, uh, making sure your kids do their homework. Because there's nothing more lovely than walking your kid to school. And they say, oh yeah, I had a project that's due tomorrow. Or I have one that's due today. And you're like, okay, why? Why don't you bring... Um, <laughs> Where's the damn paper at? For one thing, I had that. I had that happen to me where he, my son, lost his paper, and so. But right and right, just right and tell me about it, where I could just ask the teacher. He waits till like the day of it, and I'm like, fuck. Like, well, well, looks like you're getting a zero. And you know, obviously, I wasn't too happy about that, but that's life. I mean, you gotta say something. Always. Anyways, we got a lot of loaded stuff to talk about, and we may even get to this less than twenty minutes because it's a lot of it straightforward. Some of it I may ramble about, but ah, uh, the first topic, uh, the hottest one right now is Antonio Brown. I guess was supposed to go the I guess go the Bills. A lot of people reporting. And Brown replied to a, some sort of Instagram comment that said fake news. And I'm guessing he wasn't really um, too keen on going to Buffalo. And I'm sure he threw a temper tantrum. I'm sure Buffalo realized if we if we trade for this guy, is he really even going to show up to uh, the Buffalo? No. I mean, I do commend the Steelers for, you know... fulfilling his request to be traded. I mean, Steelers came through on this one. I mean, they he wanted to be traded, and they found a team for him. It didn't work out, unfortunately. It's part of the team Antonio Brown once. So, they're screwed there. I mean, if anything, Antonio Brown has the Steelers by the balls in this case. So, they're going to have to deal with him somewhere where he wants to go. Otherwise, he's gonna. Otherwise, he's gonna act like a little asshole about it, and that's that. I mean, Steelers just can't outdo him in that, in that department because 
he's the one who still has time left on his deal. And I'm sure he's made enough money where he can set the season if he had to. But yeah, they got some somewhere where, they're, where he's probably going to want a quarterback or somewhere nice. So I don't know. Well, there's some of the Miami. I mean, Miami's a nice place. And sure, I mean, that he, he'll have Ryan Tannehill to throw him the football, but it's not bad. I'm sure there's plenty of places he can go. But that being said, you know, as far as this whole thing goes, Antonio Brown, the Steelers, Ben, and whatnot, nobody's really innocent in this whole thing. Obviously, they'll have some sort of accountability in all this. and I don't think any of them are going to take any accountability. That's the thing. They need to be held accountable, but I don't think they're going to take any accountability for it. None of them will. Ben won't. Antonio Brown won't. And um, Steelers won't. And to throw fuel into the fire, you have this report that Ben, I guess, donated, donated some canines to some police. And obviously, you know, this, this I don't want to say it went viral. I guess it came, it was more known. The thing about this is Ben's been doing this for years. He's been doing, he has a, he has a whole can, that canine project. He does, or he donates canines to uh, the police forces. But the thing about this is, uh, once uh, once uh, Shamia finally discovers it, I mean, of course, that's how behind the times Twitter can be. I mean, they just discovered Sandra Bullock thanks to that little uh, television show on Netflix. They finally discovered who, who she was. Well, she's been around for like you know, decades. But that's just how social media is. They, you know. They ignore all the other stuff and then wait for the actual time to be outraged or excited or whatnot. Case in point, Oprah. Oprah, not too long ago, they wanted her to run for president to take down Donald Trump, right? And she was, I guess she gave a speech and, oh, Oprah's so awesome, this and that. But then some photos surfaced of her and her, her being buddies with Harvey Weinstein and her doing all this stuff. Now uh, Oprah does a uh, documentary on, on, on Michael Jackson, the Neverland thing. And all of a sudden now Oprah is a uh, sellout and all kind of other stuff. Oprah's evil. That's pretty much social media in a nutshell with this type of stuff. It's like the opening scene, one of the opening scenes of Clerks where the guy strings up a uh, cigarette smoking protest because he's a uh, Trulies gum salesman and he's just doing it to get more gum so he gets uh, he gets the guys who are buying cigarettes to attack Dante Hicks who's selling cigarettes behind the counter and then Dante's gr- girlfriend arrives and she sprays them all with a fire extinguisher and disperses the crowd and then, you know, of course, finds out why, what, you know, what, the, what this guy's deal is, why he's doing this. Turns out he has his own agenda. He's selling gum, and he's getting the cigarette guys to buy gum. And when it's all said and done, the guy, one guy gets up, 
cut, clears his throat, puts his money on the counter, and asks for a pack of cigarettes. And, of course, Dante rings him up all pissed off. That's pretty much you know, how these things happen on Twitter in a nutshell. That's pretty much how, how it happens. But anyways, let's uh, steer away from that for a little bit because we're getting way off topic. Obviously, we'll see what happens today if the Steelers actually even deal him. If they're able to reach a deal. Because I think Fry was supposed to be the day he was supposed to be dealt, but we'll see what happens. It may not happen. I mean, partly, I mean, I thought maybe they should reconcile with him. You know, all come together and do something. Actually, if they would do that, that would be a better, that'd be a better story than the, than the trade itself. All, the, all of them coming together, talking, and then they can go on social media and take a picture together with, her, with themselves holding hands and huddling. They could do that. I mean, plenty of stuff they could do. If I knew this guy was going to bust a U-turn, I would never let him fucking make it. Well, never mind, because this dickhead had a cross through. I was trying to let another guy through, and of course, in typical Houston traffic fashion, some guy almost causes an accident. Oh well. That's just what happens when you podcast and uh, drive at the same time. But I didn't realize this U-Haul was going to bust a U-E or else I would have never let him through, but it, that's part of life. But, you know, whatever. There, if anything, maybe it's going to be good karma for me for, t- for today. Who knows? I tried to help somebody out who really needed it. But, yeah, I mean, I mean as far as Antonio Brown, A.B., same guy, of course. Ben, the Steelers. It'd be cool if they would just reconcile and just, like, you know, have them all, like, huddled together at a table and, like, you know, with their arms around each other. Like, you know, say we are one team and we will not fight again. See, that would be a better story than the trade itself. But I don't think that's going to happen, and I don't know why. And, of course, I tr- and of course, this U-Haul won't let this guy out now. I mean, I was, I was nice enough to let this guy bust a Yui. But... To be fair, this car is trying to make a left hit, left a left turn across lanes in front of a U-Haul, and it's probably one of the dumbest ideas you could do because you can't see anything for one. So, I don't know. I ain't let a constable through, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, this constable is going to try to pull me over now because he's you know because you know how petty constables are. We'll see. And now he can't make his right turn down the constable because he pulled behind a guy and a guy didn't notice the light was yellow and he stopped so the constable can't pull, you know, <laughs> the constable can't even make his turn now. But yeah, this is the life of uh, driving, you know, to rush hour. Alright guys, let's get to more stuff because I'm going to spend too much time talking about the Steelers. Ah, Chris Blewett signed to the Bears. The Bears signed, I think, two kickers, I think. Blewett was one of them and, uh, you know, of course... The name itself went viral, obviously, because you know, because of his name. 
blew it, and people jumped all over it. And, you know, I, I sent some tweets out under, 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 under the Bears' uh, tweet when they announced you know, the signing. One of them was blew it, nailing that field goal against Clemson that the, all the Bears fans seem to really love. I said because it was at Clemson. And um, I said the one where he nailed the 56-yard against Georgia Tech that barely crossed the bar, and it was a beautiful one. And, of course, there's a guy here in Houston who covers the Texans religiously. He's a big homer. And, I, you know, he was like, he obviously he was mocking the name of Blewett. And I replied to him saying, um, uh, I sent him the link. I was like, hey, he knocked off uh, he knocked off Deshaun Watson Clemson, at Clemson. And he's like, well, when did this happen? You know, this had to happen, you know, early in the year, you know. I said, ah, it happened around the middle of the year. They were able to recover. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize this was going to happen. Because, you know, Deshaun, you know, cause Deshaun Watson's never lost a collegiate game, you know, ever. That's what happens when you have homers. They ignore, they ignore all the other shit and remember all the good shit. So... Blew it signs them, you know, who knows what's going to happen with him after this. If he even, you know, you know, because they signed two kickers and I guess they're moving on from, from the, from Cody Panky or Parky, whatever, whatever his name is. They're moving on from him. And you hate, I mean, you hate to have kickers lose their jobs in these, in this type of way, but it just happens. They, they, they either lose their jobs or they go elsewhere. I mean, their job, obviously, is to make field goals and, and to kick the ball off. That's what they do. I mean, we've seen it happen before the Steelers. I mean, for instance, uh, Chris Brown. The game is Baltimore, middle, middle of two thousand one season. It was it was at Heinz, and the Steelers dominated that game. But the problem is they couldn't get in the end zone. And Chris Brown pretty much shanked almost every field goal in that game imaginable and ended up losing it. After that, Chris Brown was just never the same player. And the Steers eventually moved on from him. Actually, yeah, after that season, he was done. He ended up with the, he ended up with the Texans, and he played for he played with the Texans for for a couple of years. For um, quite quite some time, actually, I think when I was when I was officially in Houston was 2009. I think he was still playing, and I think uh, eventually the same thing happened to him. He was missing field goals towards the end, and he wasn't the same player. It happens. We saw it with Chris Boswell this past year, but Chris Boswell was hurt, and people complained about the money we gave him, but. Boswell was doing really good up until then. He, he earned that money. He just got hurt and, of course, was never the same. I'm not sure what they do with him after one now. I'm thinking they're probably going to move off from him. Uh, like Sean like Sean Swisham. Same thing. He got hurt. Chris Boswell got really hot. He was he was cheap. And Boswell at the time was a cheaper alternative. And they went with Boswell. 
you know, same with Jeff Reed. I mean, his Jeff. I mean, after the after two after the last Super Bowl they they played in forty three, is when Jeff Jeff I mean uh, Jeff Reed's. Um, that's when his production started to, um, or his, not to mention his clutchiness, started to tell away, and he spent more time getting shit faced. And fighting paper talismans and sheets. And it's like if you're a kicker, the last thing you want to be is in, in the news of the police blotter. And it seemed like he was just—I don't know—it seemed like for with, with Reed, it seemed like he had a problem more than anything else. <clears throat> Let's not forget that freaking uh, that frosted blonde hair he had. I mean, he had the whole Guido thing down pretty well. I know. I remember one kicker sign. I remember one kicker issue that was really sent among Steeler fans when uh, Gary Anderson, when the Steelers didn't resign Gary Anderson and moved on from him. I remember people were so mad about this. I, I remember. I remember the Post Gazette Sports Mailbag. People were pissed off that the Steelers did not resign Gary Anderson that year. Because he'd been, he'd been with the club for about 11 years, 11, 12 years. He had such a storied history with the Steelers, and they, they didn't re-sign him. They went cheaper, and I think they went with Norm Johnson. Norm actually was a good kicker. I like Norm. But then Norm got old, and they uh, went with, then they drafted Chris Brown. Who was a uh, the kicker for the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers? But as far as Blewett goes, hey, I hope it works out for him. He's a good kid, and if you have a name like Blewett, I'm sure he's the guy's got really thick skin, and he'll be he's he's handled this before on many occasions. This ain't gonna bother him one bit. I mean. I mean, if there's one person you want to hang out with in life, it's probably Chris Blewett. Because I'm sure his perspective on life is probably really good with a name like that. Alright, now, some other fun stuff. Some more um, fun things have happened in terms of the NCAA basketball recruiting stuff. I guess Christian Dawkins was involved with two other schools. One was from Nebraska, one was from Texas. It turns out the one school was Creighton, which is no surprise. And the other one was, uh, surprisingly, Texas Christian University. TCU Horn Frolics. So when this came out initially, I said this had to be pre-Dixon because Dawkins was more affiliated with Adidas. And TCU is a night school. So I did some more prodding around and I found some excerpts that they were never posted. And it turns out what happened here was it happened in 2017. And the coach at the time was, well, Jamie Dixon. Jamie was coaching TCU at the time. 
So, of course, from the Twitter sphere's perspective, if you love Jamie or hate him, if you love them, eh, you, you knew this stuff was going on with him. I mean, it was happening at Pitt, too. Jamie just kept himself out of it as best as he could. He left it between the assistants and what they were going to do. I mean, Ken Burston come for free. And there's several other players Pitt got that didn't really come for free either. I, I think one player actually they paid cash for, which, you know, I won't really dive into the details of that. But, yeah, there was one player they supposedly paid cash for. And, then, you know, and if we're being honest, the player that they paid for, I don't think they really got much return on him to begin with, but that's just part of college athletics when you're buying players. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have a lot of potential in high school, but it's going to be hit or miss. Sometimes you're going to miss on a few. It's like SMU. I mean, SMU had a, had a big-ass payroll, and they were learning all those parade All-Americans. Not all of them were, were going to be good, as we saw. And you'll have a few that, you know, that just don't pan out and they're unhappy and maybe some go to the NCAA. But yeah, it was happening to Pitt too. I mean, those 21 seasons and those NCAA tournaments and parents weren't, you know, they weren't just coming out of nowhere. But in terms of the TCU incident... It's more between the assistant and the and, and Dawkins than Dixon itself. There's little, there's pretty much no involvement with Dixon whatsoever or knowledge. I'm sure TC will investigate and they will really it'll be it'll be this whatever. There won't be much. And the NCAA is, is not going to you know, pursue anything and charges aren't going to be pressed. So really, this incident really is just minor, if anything else. People were wondering if Jamie was going to you know, leave Texas, was going to leave TCU all of a sudden because, you know, TCU plays in front of 5,000 fans because that's their, their arena isn't that big. Jamie's not going to go anywhere. At least for a time being. He's not going to dick, he's not going to, he's not going to do a dick move on his alma mater and just leave. And I'm not, and, and right now at this moment, I don't think there's anywhere Jamie can go. There's no other job really he can take. He's had some big job job offers that just he you know he was happy at Pitt, and I think he's fine where he's at. He's probably better off right now. There was talk of him going after the UCLA job. UCLA is got as one person noted. UCLA is probably going to either go after Luke Walton or probably Jay Wright. Luke Walton would be the logical one because things are falling apart in LA right now, and of course LeBron's you know LeBron's obviously going to probably offload him and bring in his own coach, probably Ty Lue, because with Ty Lue he can tell him what to do. So there you go. So yeah, I don't see him. Um, yeah, I don't see Luke Walton surviving this season. But you know, I can see him end up in UCLA. Jay Wright to UCLA is a pipe dream. 
to be, I mean, if we're being honest right now, if you look at the state of both, both programs, UCLA would be a step down from Villanova for Jay Wright. Jay has won two national championships at Villanova. He's in a really good basketball conference for the Big East. I mean, that conference has really started to take shape. You know, I didn't think it was going to be that great of a conference, but it's, it's taking shape. It was a good basketball conference because they're, they're rid of all the football schools. Although it was a really good pro, it was a very good basketball conference with the football schools because the football schools were the best teams there, but now they're gone. There's, you know, it's all basketball got teams and, you know, it's getting itself out there. The programs are improving because they don't have to compete with football programs to, for, for recruits now. But yeah, Villanova's a step down right now from UCLA. If I'm Jay Wright, I'm looking at both schools and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to UCLA. UCLA was a really good job a long time ago, and it's just. It's not what it was. It had one good period with John Wooden, and that was it. They won a national title in the mid-90s. People thought that UCLA was back. No, the way the the landscape is now, it's hard to do. I mean, if you think about it, Ben Howland had what, what Russell Westbrook and freaking Kevin Love and still could win a national championship. I mean, that's just wow in general. And that's another thing with uh, Jamie Dixon and UCLA. UCLA would be getting another variation of Ben Halland, and I don't think they want that anymore. I mean, Bill Walton hated Ben Halland after a while. I mean, although the Steve Alford hiring was still a little bit of a you know, a scratcher in itself, but Yeah, I don't see him going through Jamie. I think Luke Walton's going to be the logical. be the logical choice. Jay Wright's not leaving Villanova. I mean, Villanova's a better job right now than UCLA. Jay's already won two national titles. He doesn't really need to go anywhere else to prove, to prove himself. So that's that. And as far as uh, TCU goes, I think they'll be fine. As far as Jamie goes, I think I think he'll. I mean, he's fine where he's at. I think he's got he's got two top level recruiters on his staff, which which uh, the one guy is in, is in, you know, is the one who got in trouble. But the thing about TCU is right now they're on the bubble. I'm not sure if they will make the tournament. They the bubble's weak this year, so they might. But Jamie's, Jamie lost five players this year. I'm not sure how things are going to be with them next year. You know, it depends on what, what guys they bring in. But next year is going to be a big drop-off. And so you just hope with, with them, the honeymoon doesn't uh, end with him. 
because for one thing, they you know TCU's really put a lot of money in their program. They've really revamped that arena because I was in that arena before they renovated it, and it was like a high school high school gymnasiums were more built up than that than that one. And he's playing in front of five thousand fans, but. If he has really good recruiters, really good staff, and brings some really good players, you know, Gonzaga, I mean, Gonzaga plays in front of five thousand for God's sakes, and they do pretty well. So crowd size is everything. I mean, the Bryce Jordan seats more people than the than the Pete, and look where look look what's done for Penn State, nothing. But you know, stay tuned for that. Now, speaking of um, staying on topic with the whole Jamie Dixon thing, Jamie left for TCU, and we ended up with uh, Kevin Stallings, and things fell apart. Obviously, you know, Stallings, we basically hired made the, the basketball, version, basketball version of Majors too. Nice guy Stallings is, or at least, or at least we, we thought, or think, or hope. But he obviously didn't have the grind to recruit towards the end, as a lot of people said, and that's pretty much was Pitt was Pitt's downfall. So with Dixon leaving, Pitt's basketball program went upside down. But there's another program that's gone upside down, and that's Vanderbilt. You know, I've been following this story for probably the last few weeks. Vanderbilt right now is 0-17 in SEC play. So regardless if I talk, if I wait till they're 0-18 to talk about it, or 1-17, it's irrelevant right now. Under Bryce Drew, that program has went upside down. And there was a lot of talk about how, you know, hiring Bryce Drew, this young, fresh mind, you know, up-and-comer, was going to, you know, revitalize Vanderbilt. It's made them worse. And, you know, a lot of people were excited over Bryce Drew because, you know, Stallings left him a uh, borderline NCAA tournament team. He got them to the tournament his first year. The next year they went 12-20. and 20. Overall, and this year it's it's even they can't even get a win in the SEC. So Vanderbilt has gone completely upside down. Everybody thought how awesome this hire was going to be. You know, Bryce Drew, oh so great. Kevin Stallings, oh he sucks. Uh, well, you know what. It's not to say it's not to say that Stallings was a bad is a bad coach. He did pretty decent at um, Vanderbilt. It's just towards the end, his shelf life was pretty much done. Where probably once things were things were done at Vanderbilt, he probably should you know went and did something else. Instead, he came to Pitt. And really, it was, you know, it was time for him to go. And, you know, if he's, hopefully wherever he's at, he's enjoying his retirement, his nice little big buyout. 
that Scott Barnes was able to uh, finesse for him before he left. And that's the frustrating part about all this. Is that Scott Barnes hired his buddy. Tried to, uh, you know, play it off as if, you know, this was, you know, his guy all along. Act like a complete, complete asshole about it. And then, on top of that, months later, he leaves for another school. He goes to Oregon State. And, you know, that's the frustrating part about this. The guy wasn't even here that long. Not, not even a year. And he, he pretty much scorched earth the, the basketball program and then leaves. That's the, that's, that was the shitty part about all this. And supposedly he had, you know, some, some personal stuff going on. I think his daughter was battling cancer. Which I can understand. But if you're trying to leave Pitt, leave the friggin' basketball program alone if you know you're not going to stay for too long. That's all I had to do, was just leave it alone and then let the next AD handle it. But no. Anyways, guys, I'm out of here. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Hell to pit. Bye.